Uh, glad to have you joining us today and glad to have uh, all of you online uh, joining us. I know it uh, was uh, quite a surprise uh, waking up this morning, so uh, we are uh, glad uh, to have the capability to, to stream this so you can uh, uh, take a break from shoveling, get yourself some hot cocoa, and, uh, uh, and uh, join us in, as we start a new series today. I want to I wanna start out by asking a question about what is uh, your favorite type of story? Uh, maybe for some of you uh, listening or watching, uh, you would say for you it's a good kind of sappy love story and you would articulate if someone asked you about this that every once in a while uh, you feel that you just need a good cry and Cheryl would be glad to tell you that for whatever reason, uh, she thinks it could be like the heaviness of my job sometimes or personality or personal history, but I'm never in the mood for a good cry. Um, ever, ever, ever. As a matter of fact, when she's trying to get me to watch a new show or a movie, she will tell you the very first question that I ask is this, is it sad? I need to know, is it sad? I'm not in the mood to be sad. I'm never in the mood to be sad, actually. So it's just, it's just not a mood that I'm ever in. But I know some of you enjoy a good kind of love story with a, 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 a tearjerker and all of that. Grace for you and grace for me. Maybe for some of you, it's comedy. And uh, we were kind of talking about this on Christmas Eve, because one of our traditions is Christmas Eve. Uh, we come home from church, typically. You know, it was a little bit different this year, but we come home, uh, we do appetizers and hors d'oeuvres. We get the kids to bed, and then uh, the adults stay up, and we usually watch National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, uh, which we really enjoy. And it struck me as we were watching it this year, how often throughout the year our family quotes that movie. <laughs> like, as we're watching it, we're like, man, we quote this movie a lot to each other throughout the year, and we love a good comedy. Uh, maybe for you, it's adventure. This is kind of my wheelhouse. I love a good uh, adventure uh, story, an adventure movie. And I remember uh, when I was growing up, uh, McDonald's was running this promotional thing where they were uh, selling the Indiana Jones trilogy. There were three at the time. They're getting ready, actually, next year to come out with another one. At its release, Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones is going to be 80. Um, and so that, that's kind of how long these movies have been around. But when I was a kid, uh, McDonald's was running this thing where you could get the VHS of the trilogy for $5 a piece. And uh, kids, if you don't know what a VHS is, ask your parents. Uh, they'd be glad to explain it to you. Terrible technology, but it's all we had. And um, and so I went around and I found the first two in the Indiana Jones series, which are the best two, uh, but I really wanted to find that third one. And I went all over the Lansing area, uh, Lansing, Michigan area, until McDonald's after McDonald's after McDonald's until I found uh, the third. And uh, I love a good adventure movie. I would, I would kind of conservative approach, I would say that I've probably watched each movie of the Indiana Jones series a couple hundred times a piece. That, that, that would not surprise me if I've seen them uh, that, that many times um, since they've been out. I just love those movies and I love a good adventure story. So we're starting this kind of new series today, uh, which is an extension of the series we did last year called Origin Story Faith. And so we're going to be looking at uh, kind of some narratives and some stories. And uh, if you've been around Northwest for any length of time, you know that we kind of treat January to Easter as one sermon series. It's usually about 12 weeks and uh, we like to use that 12 weeks to dive into a topic or dive into a longer book of the Bible and, and just really dig deep from January until Easter. And so we kind of had this idea a year ago that we would spend the next four January to Easter's working through Genesis. And so last year we did the first 11 chapters of the book. And this uh, January today, um, we're going to be picking up on the next several chapters. And we're going to be looking specifically at the life of Abraham. 
And as I think back to what we saw last year in the first 11 chapters, we saw some amazing things in that series that in Genesis 1 and 2, uh, God created the heavens and the earth in those stories with a single command and with great creativity. He created the sun and the moon and the stars. He created oceans and dry land. He created cats and said, I can do better, and he created dogs. And and then uh, he created human beings. He created all this amazing stuff. In chapter three, that landed better than I thought it would. So um, in uh, in chapter three, we see this introduction to sin, uh, of sin in Genesis chapter three and how it changed everything. And it brought about uh, death and difficulty, strain in man's relationship with each other, uh, and with God. And then we saw God eventually flood the earth and embedded in the flood, the flood narrative is this element of God's grace that he saves uh, Noah and his family, amazing. And then we see God rebuilding and restoring the planet after that, after that flood. And we see human beings resisting the restoration and rebuilding. And they try to build this tower into heaven. Uh, the first 11 chapters of Genesis are absolutely amazing. And let me tell you, the stories in Genesis 12 and following are amazing as well. If you like adventure, if you're an adventure story person, there's adventure in these chapters. That Abraham is gonna be called uh, to leave his family and his household and God's like, just walk. Just start walking. I'll let you know when we get to where we're, we're going and it's a story full of adventure. If you like comedy, there's comedy in these chapters that uh, Abraham and Sarah, God says, I'm gonna build a nation through you that is gonna be so numerous you can't even count all the descendants. The problem is they don't have any children. And so they're waiting and they're waiting. And finally, Sarah gets to a point where the nice Bible way of saying it is she's old and well advanced in years, right? And, and so she's well advanced in years and God says, you're gonna have a baby. And you remember her reaction? She laughs. She, she thinks God's doing a bit. Right? She's too old to have children. And he, God says, no, what, what are you laughing about? And in pure kind of classic form, she says, I wasn't laughing. Like she, you know, she's lying to God. And it's hilarious to her. It's unlikely. Um, and, and God does that exact thing. If you like romantic tension, if you like that kind of a story, there's some romantic tension in this story that as Abraham and Sarah are trying to expand their family, there's this story uh, with their servant Hagar and it's all this tension and uh, th- there's a lot, uh, a lot we're gonna take in, adventure, comedy, romantic tension, all of this stuff. Um, and uh, what I wanna start the series out by discussing is I wanna answer the question, what is this story really about? So next week we're gonna pick up in Genesis 12, but I wanna show you some other texts throughout the scriptures that talk about the story of Abraham and just try to answer the question over the next 12 weeks as we study the life of Abraham, uh, what is this story really all about? Here's Joshua 24. Joshua said to all the people, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, long ago your ancestors, including Terah, the father of Abraham and Nahor, lived beyond the Euphrates River and worshiped other gods. But I took your father Abraham from the land beyond the Euphrates and led him throughout Canaan and gave him many descendants. I gave him Isaac. To Isaac, I gave Jacob and Esau. I assigned the hill country of Seir to Esau, but Jacob and his family went down to Egypt. And here's the first thing I want you to see. This is a story, the story we're gonna be studying, this is a story about God's calling. At the end of Genesis 11, we're introduced to Abraham. And to be totally honest with you, Abraham's just kind of minding his own business in Genesis 11. He's working his job, he's worshiping his culture's gods. And we're gonna see this next week, but God just kind of shows up to Abraham, picks him out of the crowd and calls him. The Lord said to Abram in Genesis 12, we're gonna look at this next week, but wanna share it with you now. Go from your country, your people, your father's household to the land I will show you. Start walking. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you 
I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse and all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. And I love how Joshua, in the earlier text, Joshua describes what happens. He says, God says, I took your father Abraham. I led him. I gave him many descendants. I gave him wealth. I gave him land. And ultimately, this is a story about God's call. And here's what I believe. It's obviously not the same as Abraham's call. Abraham's call is unique and special. But I do believe that God has a call on your life too. And maybe whoever's telling your story someday, whoever's telling your story someday, it's going to be like this. Man, he was just working his nine to five job and God took him and gave him a heart for adoption. Or she was just doing her own thing and God took her and gave her a heart for the abused. Or they were just doing their marriage thing, just raising kids, and God took them and gave them a heart for their city. God's calling. It is true for Abraham and I believe it's true for you as well. God has placed a calling on your life. And you know what made Abraham different? And what made him special, if you will? It wasn't that God had a call on Abraham's life and God didn't have a call on anyone else's life. That's not true. I believe God has a calling on every person's life. It wasn't that Abraham was especially righteous. As we're going to see in this series, he's imperfect. He sins. We're going to see it all throughout the story. What made Abraham different were three words that came right after God's calling in his life. So God says, I want you to leave your family, your father's household, and I want you to start walking through the desert. I'll tell you when you get to where we're going. And here's the three words that I think mark Abraham's life. So Abraham went. Three words that can define your life when you receive God's calling. So Abraham went. So put your name in the center, went. So they obeyed. So they followed God's calling. So they did the next right thing. See, it's one thing to know that God is calling you to adoption. It's another thing to fill out the paperwork. Right? It's one thing to know that God is calling you to the city. It's another thing to listen to the community leaders about what the city needs most. It's one thing to feel called overseas. It's another thing to buy the airline ticket. You get what I'm saying, right? This is a story about God's calling. Now, it's also connected right to that. It is a story of God's provision, that God is going to end up giving Abraham everything he needs to accomplish his will and his calling, right? And it took a while, and it wasn't Abraham's timing. I think he would have liked for God's provision to show up a little bit before uh, it ultimately did, especially when it came to Isaac. Um, but I'm reminded, it, it came nonetheless, I'm reminded of an old preacher quote that says, if it's God's will, it is God's bill, right? When God calls, he provides the resources. He provides what we, we need. Remember the Joshua text? God called Abraham. God gave him descendants. God gave him the resources. And that is true. Here's our job. Our job's to go. Our job is to take steps in faithfulness. Our job is to walk forward. And God will ultimately provide. Here's Acts 7. To this he replied, brothers and sisters, listen to me. The God of glory appeared to our father Abraham while he was still in Mesopotamia before he lived in Haran. Leave your country and your people, God said, and go to the land I will show you. So he left the land of the Chaldeans and settled in Haran. After the death of his father, God sent him to this land where you are now living. He gave him no inheritance here, not even the ground to set his foot on, but God promised him that he and his descendants after him would possess the land, even though at the time Abraham had no child. 
God spoke to him in this way. For 400 years, your descendants will be strangers in a country not their own, and they will be enslaved and mistreated. But I will punish the nation that they serve as slaves. God said, and afterward, they will come out of that country, and they will worship me in this place. Abraham, I will keep my promise to you. And then he gave Abraham the covenant of circumcision, and Abraham became the father of Isaac and circumcised him eight days after his birth. Later, Isaac became the father of Jacob, and Jacob became the father of the 12 patriarchs. This is a story about God's call. It's a story about God's provision. But here's also what it's about. It's a story of God's planning. See, we have the opportunity, you and I do today, that we get to kind of reverse read the Bible, Right? We, we get to see how the plan unfolded. Remember, it started way back in, in the former series in Genesis 1 and 2 where God creates the heavens and the earth and it's his desire to be in a place with his creation in a place of perfection forever. It lasts for Genesis 1 and 2. In Genesis 3, sin enters the world and once sin enters the world, things needed to be fixed. And so God initiates this plan. And he calls Abraham to leave his country and his family and go to a land he will show him. Eventually, Abraham gets Isaac and this tiny little nation of three begins to form. And that nation eventually grows and it becomes Israel. And there are tribes and eventually kings and laws and prophets. And God is at work in the Old Testament the entire time. God is forming this nation. You see it form over time. And through that nation, here's the amazing thing about the story that we get to see in reverse. Through that nation, Eventually, in the town of David, a Savior is born. And God was at work the entire time in the Old Testament doing this, but through that nation, a Savior is born. A Savior who will forgive our sins. A Savior who will restore our relationship to God. A Savior who will make us family with other believers and adopt us into the family of God. A Savior who will bring the gospel to the entire world, not just to the Jewish people, but to the Gentile. A Savior who will return someday to destroy death and disease once and for all. And God was at work the entire time. And he gave Israel the law so that one day they would recognize the word of the law become flesh. He gave them prophets so that one day they would recognize the ultimate prophet. He gave them the king so that they would recognize the king of kings. And he is building, the entire Old Testament is building toward Jesus the entire time. It is a beautiful and incredible plan. But listen, to each individual person, they had no idea of any of that or most of it they had no idea of, to each individual person, you know what they were called to? They were called to be faithful in their time. They didn't know. They couldn't see what God was doing, but God was in control, and God had a plan to bless the entire world, and they, their little piece of the world, they were called to faithfulness, and we would do good to remember this, that we often don't know and we often don't understand God's ways or God's plan. And listen, that's okay. I really believe if God let us in on the whole plan, we'd have a hard time accepting it anyway. He knows the plan. His job's to know the plan. We're called to be faithful. We're called to be obedient. We're called to worship him always. And as we start 2021, I think this is worth considering. Uh, I, I don't believe uh, COVID, uh, this COVID year came from God. He ultimately, he allowed it, obviously. And I believe he will use 2020 to accomplish his will and his purpose. But you know what we all want to know? We want to know what on earth, what, what is 2020 about? 
What on earth is God up to? What is the plan? What is the purpose? This makes no sense. And I get that. But it's his job to know the plan. It's our job to be faithful. It's our job to be obedient. It's our job to worship. So maybe we need to change our question. From God, what on earth are you up to? To how can I be more and more faithful during this season? As we kind of flush 2020 away, <laughs> and we start 20, intentional use of words, right? <laughs> and we, we start 2021, maybe that's a better question to ask. Is in this upcoming year, God, how can I be faithful to you? Your job's to know the plan, my job's to follow you. And that's the final thing, uh, or another thing, excuse me, that this story is about. This story is ultimately about a guy, a man, and his family who learns to be faithful to their good calling and providing God, Hebrews 11. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went. What a great legacy, right? What, what What would you want said about you on your tombstone? I think this would be a great thing, obeyed and went. Obeyed and went. Even though he did not know where he was going, by faith he made his home in the promised land. Like a stranger in a foreign country, he lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him to the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah, who was long past childbearing age, I feel like this gets said about Sarah a lot. (laughs) I feel kind of bad for her legacy. Girlfriend was old, right? Um, It's like, come on, Bible, give give her a break. You know, old and well advanced in years, past childbearing age, old, right? She was unable to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. Abraham grew up in an environment that didn't really know or worship one true God. Um, Remember the the text earlier, his dad lived beyond the Euphrates and worshiped the gods of that region. Um, And at some point he is called to this faith in one God uh, and it was somewhat new to him. He had to learn what faith looked like. He had to learn what faith was all about. I understand this just a little bit, not nearly to this extent, but I've told you that the year I was born, my parents decided to kind of re-engage with faith. Uh, My mom had been raised Catholic, but uh, she hadn't really um, uh, been to church in a long, long time. And my dad was raised a Christer, Christmas and Easter, right? That that he went to church at Christmas and Easter. And so they decided to kind of re-engage with their faith. And I had this front row seat to a mom and dad who were just learning what faith looks like and what faith is all about. And let me tell you what some of my observations. Part of learning faith is learning to trust God's promises. It, it is taking baby steps in terms of his promises and watching him keep his promises. Part of learning uh, and growing up in faith is learning from our mistakes it, 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 and, and figuring out that God was right all along, that I did that, it didn't go well, God was right. Part of growing in faith is learning from our victories and seeing how God helped us and was with us the entire time. We sometimes have, we do this thing with the Bible where we place these guys on pedestals. And listen, Abraham, we're gonna see him do some incredible things, but take my word for it, right now at the beginning of the series, Abraham was not perfect at all. His faith failed multiple times. He sinned, he pushed his own agenda, he made mistakes, 
you know what Abraham did right? If I were gonna celebrate a couple things in Abraham, it would be faith for sure, but, but his faith is tied to this one statement. Here's what I love about Abraham. He kept journeying with God. He stayed on the road. He didn't give up. He learned from his mistakes. He celebrated his victories and he kept taking baby step after baby step on the road and on the journey with God. Some steps were big, some steps were, some steps were small, some steps were big, but he just kept learning and growing and following after God. He refused to give up. And sometimes, several years ago, we were kind of developing who we wanted to be as a church. And I love where we landed on this. And um, I think it's a really great statement that we are a growing family journeying. We're journeying together to be more like Jesus. And I love that journeying piece because to me, it is what faith is. Several years ago, our family uh, took a trip to Yellowstone and we, at the beginning of the, the planning of it, we were super excited about the destination. Said, can't wait to see Old Faithful, can't wait to see Yellowstone. Trip's gonna be incredible. And listen, Yellowstone is beautiful, it is. But looking back, you know what the most fun of that trip was? It was the car trip out with Cheryl's mom and dad. We tend to think about faith as the des- destination that someday I will fully trust God, someday I'm gonna arrive, someday my my faith is gonna be perfect in some way, however we kind of envision that. Finally, I'm gonna learn to trust God. That's how we tend to think about faith. But you know what I'm learning about faith? It's about the journey. It's about learning from the wrong turn when you've taken it. It's about learning from the scary moment on the side of the mountain. It's about learning from the breathtaking beauty on the drive. So faith isn't just a thing that we look forward to, that I'll finally have it someday. That's not what faith is all about. Faith is about a daily journey of taking steps toward God, learning from mistakes, celebrating victories in him, and just learning to trust him more and more and more. And that leads me to the last thing I want to say about what this story is about. It is a story about God's grace. One of the things I I fell in love with as I was studying for this series is I noticed something with Abraham. Is that Abraham would, his faith would fail or he'd sin or he'd take a wrong turn. He'd fail in some way. Uh, And there's gonna be multiple ways. There's, it's like, as I'm preparing this series, it's like failure of faith, part one. Failure of faith, part two. Failure of faith, part 32. You know, it is one story after another where Abraham's faith kind of fails. And what I started to notice was each time his faith failed, each time he sinned, each time he made a mistake, within about a chapter or two, God shows up and renews the promise. God shows up and in some way, he says, no, we're not done yet. The promise isn't over yet. I'm not finished yet. Get up off the ground, dust yourself off, and start journeying again. And I love that because I think it kind of describes me in 2020. That when I look back on 2020, I see quite a few failures on my part where it's like, oh man, you know, all the times I was short with my kids or all the time I I didn't have enough faith, all the time I was concerned about the future. And I look back on all of that and what I say God's saying to me is, hey Steve, my grace is sufficient for you. Get up off the ground, be forgiven, dust yourself off, and start journeying again. And it's true for Abraham, and it's true for you as well. His grace isn't just sufficient for Abraham. His grace is sufficient for you. And so if you're like me, and you're like, man, I've got some regrets in 2020, join the club. We all have some regrets in 2020. Receive grace, 
dust yourself off, get back up, and start journeying again. God still does this for us. His grace is for you. I hope you get that. His promises are for you. His forgiveness is extended to you. And if you're in a season right now where you feel like, man, I've taken a couple wrong turns or I made a huge mistake and I just think God is done, I assure you he is not. And I think the story of Abraham is gonna prove it to you because after you see some of the shenanigans that Abraham, and that's the Hebrew word for sin, the shenanigans that Abraham is engaged with, if God's not done with that dude, God's not done with me, right? I didn't try to pass my wife off as a slave, right, in 2020, I, I did a few things where I screwed up, but I didn't do that, right? And, and, and God keeps coming for Abraham. And God keeps extending grace to Abraham. And God keeps forgiving Abraham. And God keeps saying, we're not done. Get up, get up, dust yourself off, and let's keep journeying together. This is a, a time of year where we tend to make New Year's resolutions. And I'm always kind of curious every single year uh, at this time of year, of, like what are the most popular resolutions? And I found the list for this year. Uh, number 10 is get organized, all right? Number nine, and honestly, all the time we've had at home, if you're not organized yet, I don't know. Yeah, you're, you're you know, maybe time management would be a better way to organize that one. But um, number nine is help others. Number eight is learn something new. A lot of people want to learn like a new language or something. Uh, number seven is get out of debt. Number six is quit drinking. Number five is enjoy life more. <laughs> I think we all have that one. Um, number four is quit smoking. Number three is lose weight. Number two is get into physical shape, which was really uh, hit home to me uh, today because I woke up and discovered the eight inches of snow at our house, got the snowblower out, got it going, started blowing the snow with the snowblower, not shoveling, blowing the snow with the snowblower. And all of a sudden I'm like, I have got to get into better shape. I am in my heart attack years. I, I, gotta, I, gotta, I gotta be in better shape, you know? Um, and just was out of breath snow blowing, which I was uh, ashamed of and have now admitted publicly. But um, spend more time uh, with family and friends is number one. That's the number one thing. You know what I don't really see on the list often? I've been monitoring this list for years of just what are the most popular resolutions. I've never seen on this list deepen or develop my faith, ever. But I wonder if that's not a great resolution going into 2021. I wanna trust God at a deeper level this year. I wanna love him more. I wanna obey him more fully. I wanna live out his calling on my life better. And when I fail, I wanna receive his grace. I wanna dust myself off. I wanna get back on the road and I wanna continue to journey toward him. Let's receive communion together. Uh, it's under your chair. And what I'd like to do is I just wanna pray for us and I uh, wanna thank God for his grace and thank God for his calling. And then uh, after a few minutes, I, I just wanna leave some time for you to spend with God, thanking him for his grace and thanking him for his calling. If you have some regrets from 2020, like I said, kind of join the club, but this would be a time for you to remember, man, I am forgiven. In Christ, I am forgiven. So I'm gonna get up, dust off, get back on the journey and start moving forward and, and just leave a little bit of time for you to do that work with God. And then after a couple minutes, I'll close out that prayer and we'll receive communion together. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your calling. Uh, we thank you for your grace. We need it. We fail. We say things we wish we hadn't said. 
We take actions that we regret. Um, But today we want to be reminded that your grace is sufficient for us. Your grace is available to us. And so like Abraham, one of the things that made Abraham special was his ability to get back up from failure and to keep following you. So we want to be special like that. We want to be like that. That we all fail and we, we want to get back up and not give up and continue to follow after you. Help us to do it. And right now, we just want to spend some time with you, Lord. Jesus, we thank you for your grace. We receive it right now. We're ready to get back up off the mat. We're ready to follow after you in 2021. It is in Jesus' name that we pray, amen. His body given for you, for, for grace. His blood poured out. And remember, it's not just a cup that, of uh, remembrance, although Jesus certainly taught us it is that. It's a cup of calling, that we are, we are called to love and to serve the way that Jesus loves and serves. And sometimes like Abraham, we're clicking along and doing really well. And sometimes like Abraham, we are falling on our face and and we have failed. But his grace is sufficient for you. His grace is sufficient for you. Receive it, get up, dust yourself off and keep going down the road. Keep journeying toward God, keep on the journey, never give up. It's what made Abraham special and it's what can make you and I special as well. That grit, that determination to never give up to keep pursuing after God, even after failure. That's my prayer for us. We're gonna uh, be in Genesis 12 next week. We're gonna look at the calling and uh, we're just gonna start a three month journey together of uh, looking at Abraham, the highs, the lows, the good, the bad, the ugly, all of it. We're gonna look at all of it. We're gonna learn from all of it. And hopefully by the end of this, we'll be better and more faithful because of it. God bless, have a great week. Enjoy the snow, throw a snowball in someone's face. All right, and have fun. All right, God bless, have a great week. We'll see y'all later.